with a reading from the Old Testament, from the Hebrew Bible, and the book of Esther. Hear the word of God. Esther chapter 1, beginning at the verse numbered 10. On the seventh day, when the king was merry with wine, he commanded Mahuman, Bitsa, Harbona, Bigtha, and Abagtha, Zethar, and Carcass, the seven eunuchs who attended him, to bring Queen Vashti before the king wearing the royal crown in order to show the peoples and the officials her beauty, for she was fair to behold. But Queen Vashti refused to come at the king's command conveyed by the eunuchs. At this the king was enraged, and his anger burned within him. Then the king consulted the sages who knew the laws, for this was the king's procedure toward all who were versed in law and custom. And those next to him were Karshena, Shethar, Admatha, Tarshish, Merez, Marsena, and Mamukan, the seven officials of Persia and Media who had access to the king and sat first in the kingdom. According to the law, what is to be done with Queen Vashti, because she has not performed the command of King Ahasuerus, conveyed by the eunuchs? What is to be done with the queen? Then Mamukin said in the presence of the king and the officials, Queen Vashti has done wrong not only to the king, but also to all the officials and all the peoples who are in all the provinces of King Ahasuerus. And for this deed of the queen will be made known to all women, causing them to look with contempt on their husbands, since they will say, King Ahasuerus commanded Queen Vashti to be brought before him, and she did not come. This day, very day, the noble ladies of Persia and Media, who have heard of the queen's behavior, will rebel against the king's officials, and there will be no end of contempt and wrath. If it pleases the king, let a royal order go out from him and let it be written among the laws of the Persians and the Medes so that it may not be altered that Vashti is never again to come before King Ahasuerus. And let the king give her royal position to another who is better than she. So when the decree made by the king is proclaimed throughout his kingdom, vast as it is, all women will give honor to their husbands, high and low alike." This advice pleased the king and the officials, and the king did as Mamukan proposed. He sent letters to all the royal provinces, to every province in his own script, and to every people in his own language, declaring that every man should be master in his own house. And from 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, beginning at verse 3. For I handed on to you as of first importance what I in turn had received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is within me. Whether then it was I or they, so we proclaim, and so you believe. 
And lastly, from the Gospel according to Luke, the 24th chapter at verse 36. While the disciples were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought they were seeing a ghost. Jesus said to them, Why are you frightened and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. Yet for all their joy, they were still disbelieving and wondering. And he said to them, have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. Then Jesus said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, thus it is written, that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and see, I am sending upon you, I am sending upon you what my Father promised, so stay there in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Namaste. This is how we greet in India, the country I come from. Greetings to you all. In the name of Jesus the Christ, I bring greetings from OMSC, Overseas Ministries Study Center in Princeton Theological Seminary, and from Dr. Tom Hastings, the Executive Director of OMSC and the Office, and from the Global Partners. I thank God for this opportunity. I also thank Reverend Dave Davis and the Church Committee for extending this opportunity to me. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Let's pray, seeking God's guidance to reflect upon the scriptures. Dear God, who can speak, speak to us. Help us to understand the scripture with the guidance of Holy Spirit. May the words of my mouth and meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and redeemer. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, last Sunday we have celebrated Easter. According to the Christian calendar, after Easter, for 40 days until Pentecost, the church reflects upon post-resurrection experiences of disciples and others. Thus today we reflect upon the theme, post-resurrection experience, post-resurrection experiences, transformation beyond the boundaries. The post-resurrection experience of the disciples or people keep the resurrection event alive and significant because these experiences are not merely experiences, but they unveil transformation beyond the boundaries that determine the whole concept of Christianity. 
Uh, I want to explain this uh, in three seg segments. The first one, transformation in terms of breaking the power structures. Transformation in terms, in terms of breaking the power structures. To explain this, uh, I want somebody to read the scripture portion, uh, Paul's first letter to Corinthians, chapter 15, 4 to 8. I request somebody from the congregation to come forward and to read this. Somebody come forward. Richard O'Brien, I thought you'd like to. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you can go right to the pulpit so you can be on the microphone. Thank okay? you. Yeah. Um, while he's reading, I request the congregation to listen carefully. And that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. Here Paul is making a list of witnesses to the resurrection. Have you noticed anything different while our brother was reading the scripture? Uh, let me put, this, put it this way. Have you noticed anything missing in this portion? Yes? Anybody? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. The name of the first witness to the resurrection, a woman, Mary Magdalene, is missing in this list. She is nowhere in Paul's narration of resurrection event. Why? Biblical scholars, New Testament scholars say that Paul deliberately omitted Mary because he was writing in a socio-cultural and legal context where a woman's witness is not considered as a witness. Well, now let's go back to the resurrection event recorded in Synoptic Gospels and in John. Matthew 28, 7, Mark 16, 7, Luke 24, 10, and John 20, 17, and 18. In the same context, in the same context, where a woman's witness is not considered as a witness, Jesus was asking a woman to be the first witness. Not only that, he commissioned her to proclaim this good news to the apostles, which means Jesus made her not only the first witness, but apostle, the apostle to the apostles. By doing this, the resurrected Jesus broke the existing power structures. This is transformation beyond the boundaries. This model of resurrected Jesus is applicable to any context or any present day context where power structures exist to eliminate different identities, to endorse and to endure oppressive and regressive power structures. Vashti, we have read about her in the first reading. A feminist hero appears as a prototype of resurrection, 
a transformation beyond the boundaries as she successfully broke the hegemonic royal patriarchal power structures by powerfully disobeying and walking out from royal boundaries, throwing off the crown. Esther 1.12. This is the resurrection experience, which is beyond the boundaries. In both cases, Vashti, Esther 1.17, and Mary Magdalene, power was played to eliminate others' identity and position because others' identity or position are refused to be fit in or outgrown the traditional hierarchical structures. Consequently, they are considered as uh, considered to be a threat to the power structures. Here, I would uh, we should understand something that if somebody's identity or position challenges the power structures, we should eliminate the structures, not the identities, not the names, not the persons. A classic example from Song of Solomon 8.6, the woman says to her man, set me as a seal upon your heart, a seal upon your arm. The translation in my language, my language is Telugu, is beautiful and more relevant to the uh, reflection today. It says, my love, place me as your name, name is identity on the name shield on your shoulder. This is the ultimate expression of love. This is fusion of identities, reaching oneness. This is a lesson for human identities as well, recognizing the fact that manifestations are different, but identity is same. There is no hierarchy, there is no elimination, and there is only equality and oneness. Intra-Trinitarian model and inter-Trinitarian model help us to understand this better. What are this model? I'll explain. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in Trinity are three different personalities, but one identity and one entity. It is not possible to divide Trinity. It is not possible to arrange them arrange Trinity in a hierarchy. This model is an egalitarian model. One identity and three manifestations. Three manifestations and one identity. When we learn to apply this model to human identities and positions, all hegemonic structures would disappear. This is what the resurrected Jesus did when he moved Mary Magdalene from the periphery to the center. The woman who was pushed out, whose name was deliberately eliminated from the existing structures, became the center for the core belief of Christianity. This is the transformation beyond the boundaries. This is the resurrection experience. Second, first one is transformation in terms of breaking the power structures. Two, Transformation in terms of healing the broken relationships. The gospel lesson that we have read, Luke 24, 36 following FF, is one of the remarkable post-resurrection episodes. The pericope informs that Jesus visited his disciples who were in fear, shock, and in confusion. What is significant in this visit? It is significant because 
Jesus went, Jesus went searching for those who betrayed him, who left him, who abandoned him in his crisis, who said they don't know him when he was suffering. When Jesus found them, he did not ask anything about the past. He did not ask them about what they said. He did not ask them why they did to him or about the incidents that broke the relationships. Can you imagine? He only said, if you read the scripture portion again, he only said, shalom to you, salam to you. The initiation to heal the broken relationship is coming from the victim of the broken relationship. Shalom is not just a word of greeting. This is about a relationship between two individuals or two groups, two nations, or between divine and human. The Hebrew meaning of shalom is establishing the previous relationship which was existing before the relationship was broken. And the meaning is not limited to that. It includes the idea of wholeness, welfare, prosperity, security, peace, and it signifies well-being and harmony within and without. It is a loaded term. Therefore, Jesus wishing them shalom represents what resurrection is all about. An example from Old Testament, Jacob's reconciliation with his brother Esau, Genesis 33, one of the best examples of transformation beyond the boundaries. Here the initiation comes from the one who exploited the relationship. But to his surprise, his brother Esau was coming to heal the relationship as well. He accepted him by lovingly embracing him. In this case, initiation is mutual. Jacob tries to heal the relationship by establishing and extending a familial bond between his brother and his wives and children, Genesis 33:4, and also by offering wealth to compensate when, uh, what he did to his brother. But you know what? Esau refused to accept the compensation, the wealth. And further, he wishes wealth and well-being to his brother's life. This is the resurrection experience, which went beyond the boundaries to heal the broken relationships. Resurrection is not about literal meaning of resurrection. It is the maturity to initiate healing the broken relationships and wishing peace and well-being of the person who broke the relationship. Third one, transformation from weeping to witness. Transformation from weeping to witness. We have read the gospel reading. Mary went to the tomb to see the dead body of Jesus, literally. Mary went there to see the dead body. She was searching for a solace within the boundaries of pain, suffering, agony, despair, and hopelessness. Resurrection event completely transformed her status unimaginably beyond the boundaries. Her tears were transformed into witness. Resurrection is embracing life in deadly life situations. Liber Resurrection is liberation from a miserable past, 
resurrection experiences, changing the past into a reason for present happiness and delight. And it is about past has no longer control or a hold on present. This is healing beyond the boundaries. This is the meaning of resurrection of life. I, I would like to conclude the reflection saying that resurrection is not confined to one Sunday in the church calendar, and it is not confined to 40 days reflections until Pentecost Sunday. Resurrection is an ongoing experience in the life situations. Resurrection is breaking the hegemonic power structures. Resurrection is healing the broken relationships. And resurrection is experiencing transformation from weeping to witness. May God help us to experience the resurrection in our life situations. Amen. <laughs>